Grenade. I'm your host, Hector. Thanks for joining us as we continue our discussion show dedicated to The Mandalorian Season 2 on Disney+. And in case you're new to the show, the way this works is that as a new episode drops on Friday via Disney+, Plus, I welcome a guest that weekend to discuss our, um, our hot takes, our uh, first reaction to that new episode of The Mandalorian. So... This week, I welcome to the show, uh, last week I had one of the hosts of Hideous Energy, and this week I have the, uh, the other half, um, and uh, so delighted. I, I, I love these guys. Um, Hideous Energy is still, to this day, my favorite podcast, um, even though they're uh, semi-retired from that podcast. But yeah, my guest this week is Austin Wilson, and Austin is a published writer He's had, <clears throat> excuse me, he's had an OGN original graphic novel published um, by Magnetic Press. Um, he's been published at Ahoy Comics Magazine, and um, he's currently running Ledger Books um, via his uh, website, his blog site, um, where he provides free fiction. Um, there's uh, prose stories um, as well as uh, sequential art stories on there. Let's see here. The uh, website is austinrwilson.com. Let's see. You can follow Austin on Twitter at Austin R. Wilson and at Ledger Books, and I'll have all this in the uh, show notes. Uh, boy, I've so the way I do these podcasts is I've um, I'm recording these intros after I've already recorded with the guests, and uh, boy, I had so much fun doing uh, this uh, this podcast with Austin. Um, and uh, it just, uh, like I said, Hideous Energy is my favorite podcast. Um, Hideous Energy is a comic book podcast, and um, uh, one of their early, um, what do you call it, uh, um, catchphrases was uh, Hideous Energy, a comic book podcast where we talk about other stuff. Well, um, <laughs> uh, recent news kind of, um, it reminded me that they um, would they they did an episode that wasn't comics related. It was uh, an episode uh, that's very timely um, right now with the uh, news that Oscar Isaac has been cast as Solid Snake in the uh, Metal Gear Solid um, uh, upcoming film. And the 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 guys on Hideous Senate, Austin and David, did an episode that I fondly remember, even though I am so tangentially. Um, kind of uh, aware of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I realize it's a video game and uh, Solid Snake's the main character and um, um, there's a lot of cool stuff there, but uh, um, uh, there's an episode of Hideous Energy where they just did, they talked about Metal Gear Solid from beginning to end. I don't think any, I don't think, I don't think there were any comics that were discussed on that episode, which is fine. Um, I I love that episode. (laughs) These guys, uh, just Austin and David are, are great. Uh, um, they're hilarious and uh, they're a lot of fun. Um, and uh, I'm so grateful that they were on Mind Grenade for these last couple episodes. Uh, so uh, do yourself a favor, go back and uh, check out this episode of uh, Hideous Energy titled, um, let's see, Metal Gear Snobbery. And that's episode 244. It was published. Let's see, 9-8-15, so September 8th of 2015, so it's a couple years back, but um, 
uh, tons of content um, that these guys put out throughout the years. And uh, this particular episode, is, uh, um, I, I'd like to recommend, um, especially if you're excited about the, uh, the news of, uh, of the uh, Metal Gear Solid movie. All right, and so before we get into our discussion, our reactions to the new episode, um, I wanted to, um, this isn't necessarily a correction, but uh, a little bit of more clarity. Um, my, my take on Rosario Dawson's Ahsoka Tano from last week's recording, um, I, I think I had mentioned something about her being, seeming battle-weary or battle-worn. Um, I guess uh, three more specific, it just seems like, um, and this is a compliment to the actress that uh, Ahsoka Asa- 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 Tano seems like wiser because of a lot of hardship, a lot of battles, and uh, that comes through. Um, I, you know, seeing earlier episodes of her in Attack of the not Attack of the Clones, but Clone Wars. Um, yeah, she seemed more uh, kind of like a brighter character, a little bit more light behind her eyes. Um, and, uh, um, and in the Mandalorian, you can tell she's a, a, an older, wiser character. And, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing Rosario play her more, um, either in this series or in a spinoff. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to kind of, kind of be more, um, descriptive in my, uh, review of the character from last week. So, all right, man. Uh, like I said, I'm pretty stoked for, for you to listen to this episode. Uh, I had a, I had a blast, um, with Austin and, um, I hope you do too. Oh, snap. I almost forgot the spoiler warning. So if you haven't watched the Mandalorian season two, episode six, here's your warning. We'll be discussing chapter 14, the tragedy in detail. So if you have, you, if you aren't caught up, use discretion moving forward with this episode so uh for the rest of you um enjoy this episode of mind grenade we talked about the rise of skywalker and the last jedi and i listened to your guys's episode of hideous energy after uh, Rise of Skywalker. So, oh man, I, think, yeah. I have no idea what we said. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we're. I think our sentiments are the same. I, I think. I think David took it a little harder um, um, than I did. Um, I. Yeah. I. It, it's Sky, Rise of Skywalker. It's middle of the like. If I was ranking all my Star Wars movies, like from favorite to least. Yeah. Uh, Rise is like dead center, where I didn't hate it and I didn't love it. Which. Yeah. It's kind of bad, like mediocrity is not what you oh, want. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, I yeah. mean, that you either want it to be a little better or a little worse than that. So yeah. That it's easier to to form your thoughts on it. Yeah, I don't remember what I said on the podcast, but it's funny. I was on a, a walk with my girlfriend earlier uh, today. It was either today or yesterday, and we were talking about Star Wars because of the Mandalorian and mm-hmm. um we were talking about Rise of Skywalker specifically because she still hasn't seen it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she hasn't seen Solo either. Yeah. And <laughs> I have no desire to watch either of those again. Yeah, yeah. And that, like, for me, that's what Rise of Skywalker was. Yeah. Even if I were to say I hated it or it was bad or yeah. I, I wasn't entertained or whatever, I just have no desire to ever see it again. Yeah, and that says and a lot, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, I think out of all of the Star Wars movies, mm-hmm. I mean, the, the prequels, I made my peace with them yeah. eventually and got to the point where they meant something different different to me than they did when I saw them. The, the original uh, times that I went to the theaters, but they're, they don't represent the the thing that I like about Star Wars. And yeah, I think that's kind of what Rise of Skywalker and Solo also. It's weird because both of those movies, as far as like Star Wars goes, mm-hmm. um, I, I it's obviously there are things in them that I dislike because of what they do to the Star Wars canon and how they treat the universe and the characters. But more than anything, they are I think they're just poorly made films. <laughs> Um, from the from the ground up, yeah. they're they're shot poorly. Yeah, the director is jumping in and off of the project. Yeah, it, you it's, can. Yeah, yeah, it's not good. But Star Wars wise, I don't I don't know. I don't remember if I said any of that on the podcast or not. Um, well, uh, the, you know, um, and then I bring it up also because the Last Jedi is uh, right. I feel is the best out of the, th- the three in that yeah. um uh, the first one i liked but it was clearly a carbon copy of a new hope it's a really nice updated carbon copy of a new hope and that's fine yeah what i like about last jedi is that it was even though that first viewing was a little bit like what am i i'm not sure it was constantly bucking expectations that's all i was it seemed like it was doing which mm-hmm. which is fine um when me and david spoke about it i i you know that that creates more opportunity story-wise if you're like trying to change that up change things up um when i watched uh the last jedi the second time then i was like oh i get it like okay now i get and then i can kind of go along with it um but um the rise uh and, and I'm glad you brought up Solo because, yeah, Solo's the only movie in the franchise that I've not watched more than once. I've taught in the theater. It's just hard to look at. Like, at least Rise of Skywalker is pretty to look at. Like, yeah. if you had the volume down, you can kind of be like, oh, those are cool visuals. But, right. Uh, yeah, the, uh, the whenever, whenever I'm reviewing movies on the podcast, like, the highest praise um, I feel is... Um, that I can give a movie is if I want to watch it again. Right. Um, Cause then there's a lot there for me to kind of like digest and go back. And, and I was like, Oh, in comedies too, or that way where you're like, Oh man, I missed that joke. I must've been laughing over it the right. first time. Um, but if I, if I watch something and I'm good to go, then that could be okay. I mean, it's like with the star Wars movies, it's not good. Like you want to. Oh yeah. I mean the, the return on investment yeah. uh, is is a big deal for, for those movies. Mm-hmm. Not only because they should be fun. Yeah. So return you, you know, uh, rewatching them should be rewarding, mm-hmm. but then also they should be deep, not yeah. just thematically, yeah. but also visually. Mm-hmm. So you want to be able to go back and, and yeah. experience all those different layers. And if yeah. you're not interested in doing that, then yeah something's not happening and it might just be, you know, individual. Like I, I know there are plenty of people who liked, yes. um, uh, rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I, I was looking at letterboxd, the website that we yeah. use to, to, you know, review movies and, and rate movies and stuff. Yeah. And my review of rise of Skywalker is really short. I gave it, 
uh, one and a half stars. Yeah. Um, and I said it's it's not good, and that makes me sad more than anything. Yeah, yeah, you want it but, to be good, yeah. Right, yeah, and especially, you know, it's the end of nine film yeah. storyline, all that stuff, mm-hmm. which I, you know, I heard David say when you guys were, were talking about it on the episode he was on. Um, but there are people that I follow yeah. who gave it four stars. Yeah. There's one person who gave it five stars, <laughs> which while is inconceivable yeah, <laughs> to yeah, me. Yeah. How? I mean, yeah, there are there are plenty of people who who enjoyed it, and yeah. that's that's great. Yeah, younger versions of Austin uh, yeah. would have struggled with that more. <laughs> yeah, uh, with how to right to pair the idea that to me it was a one and a half star movie, and if, if I who have spent you know eighty five to ninety percent of my life obsessed with Star Wars yeah. can't get into it, then the idea that someone else who loves Star Wars could. That makes a lot more sense to me now, yeah. um, which I'm glad because I'm sure I was an insufferable uh, asshole <laughs> as a Star Wars fan uh, when I was younger, which unfortunately is one of the things that happens now with a lot of Star Wars fans. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that uh, whenever assholes. Yeah, on 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 Twitter and stuff with uh, either, yeah. whenever you see Ryan Johnson um, trending or or whatever. Yeah, he, he like I stopped myself before going too deep into those rabbit holes because uh, yeah, it uh, it gets a little embarrassed because I, I I am the same way. I love Star Wars, but it gets a little too um, uh, hard to kind of I don't know it, it it devolves real quick. Yeah, and uh, that's no fun. Um, but the reason uh, I brought this up too is because. Um, like redeemable stuff with a Star Wars movie, like even even the one even, like the prequels, for example. Sure. Um, well, and partly why I bring this up is because the the last episode, the the Jedi episode with Ahsoka Tano, the yeah. light, lightsabers and stuff. Um, Phantom Menace is, uh, you know, I mean the reputation that Phantom Menace has. Uh, I uh, we uh, we could probably agree that the Last Jedi is. Uh, the best of that trilogy of the uh, sequel trilogy, and that's uh, that's, that's what not, I think. Th- that's not opinion. That's facts. So no, right, hundred uh, <laughs> percent. But um, in my opinion of uh, the lightsaber fights, I feel like Phantom Menace has the best one. Uh, arguably, oh, Duel of the Fates is just right. Like, it, and, and the rest of that movie is hard. Like at points, a lot of points, yeah. you're like, ugh. Uh, but that that lightsaber fight is fantastic. It's oh, the chef's kiss, yeah. All of the the choreography, mm-hmm. obviously John Williams' score yeah. is that that to me is going to hold up for a long time. Yeah, uh, right alongside most of the original trilogy yeah. stuff that he that he wrote. Uh, Duel of the Fates is a fantastic song. It captures the moment and the energy perfectly, and. I think it elevates the scene in a way that good score should. Mm-hmm. And Darth Maul and the the lightsaber, I mean, that obviously is the first double-bladed lightsaber we had seen, and mm-hmm. that's before Star Wars just... I mean, it's funny. You were mentioning Ahsoka Tano fighting with two lightsaber blades. Yeah, right. And way back in the 90s, there was this uh, Sith Lord named Exar Kun. And okay, they, yeah. The uh, extended universe, which mm-hmm. would be called Legends now. He okay. fought with lightsabers, but now Star Wars is just 
that's the that's the thing I worried about. And David touched on this a little bit on the last episode is when when knowing that Ahsoka Tano was going to show up in the Mandalorian mm -hmm. and there had been no Jedi, there'd been you, you saw the dark saber in Moff Gideon's hand. But other than that, it was pretty separate. Mm -hmm. Right. And so from the from the Jedi lore right. and from from that thing, which they can indulge themselves with so easily. Right. And especially like when you look back at the prequels and General Grievous has fucking four lightsabers. <laughs> right. It's just totally off the rails. All right. So worrying that Ahsoka Tano was going to show up and and sort of torpedo yeah. the good genre feel uh -huh. of the Mandalorian and, and turn it into Star Wars rather than into like, like sort of lowercase yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, right. Because – giving everyone a lightsaber. Like I remember there was a moment when I was watching the clone wars, the film, uh, or attack of the clones. Sorry. Yeah. Um, where I was like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Cause there's Jedi it, it, wall to wall Jedis. Everyone's got a fucking lightsaber. Right. But then there was also a point where I was like, this isn't as much fun as I thought it would be. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's because I've talked to David about this a lot, probably on hideous energy. So if someone's heard it, then, They'll be like, well, get, at least he's consistent with his bullshit. <laughs> uh, the idea of Jedi's becoming so overpowered mm -hmm. and them becoming these basic, basically gods. You know, they they're giving the given these weapons that can cut through anything to the point where like that's ridiculous. So they had to start making things they couldn't cut through. Yeah, uh, which Beskar turning out to be one of the things that lightsabers can't cut through was a surprise. Yeah. And even that, like, there was a, a a little bit of me in the back of my brain that was like, is that bullshit or is that not? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure if I like that or not. Yeah. And eventually I was like, yeah, you know what? I, I do like it because it, it essentially is like kryptonite. They have to find something. Something, yeah. To make the god mm -hmm. fallible. Right, vulnerable, yeah. So I was worried that Ahsoka showing up with the lightsabers mm -hmm. was going to derail the series. Yeah. Yeah, and as of now, it doesn't seem like it, it has. Seem, yeah, it seems like it's it uh, deconstructed. Yeah, I. Uh, um, let's see here. Let me get a timer going here, and uh, I am going to keep this stuff in here because that was all good. <laughs> but uh, yeah, oh, mate. Uh, okay, cool. All right, Austin. So um, we'll get into it, man. Um, yeah. Let's see. So, Austin, I wanted to ask you a Star Wars memory that you have from your youth or your favorite Star Wars toy or thing. So a thing could be a video game or um, a, a comic book. Uh, I think David brought up a comic book uh, on the last episode. You're a, you're a Hideous Energy co-host, David. Um, so uh, thoughts there. Uh, you can answer one or the other or both. Uh, let's see. Um so there weren't any toy lightsabers available. That's right. I thought about that recently, yeah, when we were kids. I, yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> oh, gosh. For me, it was. I was like, uh, how old would I have been? Like five or six, seven maybe? And I had to, I had to improvise. <laughs> so I had to... That my dad cut the handle of it off. Probably repeat, about, hey, Austin, repeat that again. You kind of broke up there. Your dad. Oh, okay. My, uh, 
Uh, you broke up there again. I'm sorry, dude. That's all right. Um, he cut the handle uh, like maybe like three inches of the wiffle ball bat handle. Oh, okay, just, yeah. <laughs> just like cut it off. Right. And then he um, looped a luggage clip, like one of those like little plastic clips that for your vacation luggage that you can like strap to yeah. your belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And which is what I did with the wiffle ball bat handle. Mm-hmm. He, he put that through the little hole in the bottom of the wiffle ball bat handle right. and then I hang it on my belt. <laughs> and that was my lightsaber. And nice. That's um, a homemade, but, yeah. Yeah, because there weren't any we could go by. Um, but then also, so that was right around the time that I had gotten super hardcore into it. And we had, uh, my mom found a few flea markets that would, they were selling toys. So there was a couple booths that had, it's like a ridiculous of Star Wars toys. Mm. Uh, so I was buying the original release mm. Star Wars toys from, you know, the 70s and the 80s. Right. Uh, so I had a lot of the figures from Return of the Jedi. Um, I had the Rancor. I actually found ah. a Rancor yeah. box. Yeah. The box was beat to shit, but I had a Rancor. Yeah. I had, um, oh gosh, I had Luke from A New Hope with a yellow lightsaber that slid up his arm. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had, um, I had, they made a, a bandolier like Chewbacca wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I brought that up recently in one of these episodes. I, I don't know why yeah, that you, was like captured my imagination as a kid. Like that one oh, aspect yeah. of the toy line. Yeah. It was awesome. So yeah, <laughs> for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's a bandolier that you can actually wear around your chest and it has these little slots that have foam in them and you can put action figures inside the They're foam. They're just and then, big enough. Or the action yeah. figures were big enough to fit nicely in the bandolier right. uh, contain um, compartments. Yeah. Yeah, and so mine because it was what like ten something. Yeah. All of the was like flaking. Ah. Almost like it looked dangerous. Honestly, inhale <laughs> like it and die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, and, and also, and also, I wanted to ask since this just came up to me right now, since uh, um, with this question, uh, just off the cuff. Um, what's a good um, just? We don't have to get too far into it. Just uh, off the top of your head, um, an extent or legends, I guess it's what it's called now. Like you said, uh, extended yeah. universe, like a novel or book. Um, it doesn't have to be too connected to. A grand, uh, a grand Admiral Thrawn, or any, it just, or it can, yeah. be, it can also. But what's a good novel that just pops to your head that uh, that you have a good memory of? Oh gosh, uh, I really like Truset Bakura. Um, I can't remember who wrote it right off the top of my head, but it's set literally right after Return of the Jedi. Okay. So, so Luke is still dealing with some of these like latent effects from having the Force lightning shoot throughout his oh, body. Wow. Okay. Um. What else? Uh, short story collections. Um, there were a ton of... Th- I was so into these. Uh, there's Tales from Jabba's Palace. Right. Uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, I think. Mm-hmm. And in one of those, it was either Tales of Jabba's Palace or Tales... I think it was Tales of Jabba's Palace. Boba Fett survives. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, I think I is, remember knowing that. Yeah, you know, relevant for this the episode, episode yeah. we're going to talk about. Um, but those, I I still think about those. Okay. Um, there's one. I think it was Tales from the Empire, maybe. And I told David about this on an episode of Hideous Energy. I think where IG88, one of the bounty hunters from Empire I love Strikes this story. Back, please, yeah, I love this story. Where he uploads his consciousness into the Death Star, and he's like. <laughs> seconds away from taking over the Death Star, and then he's going to sweep across the, the universe, a path of destruction, yeah. and then the Rebels fucking blow up the Death Star. Right, and, and like chill. minutes later, yeah, 10 minutes later, or something like that. That's that's a yeah. beautiful story. I love that. Because, yeah, he would have been, like, that's checkmate. Like, he would have been like, oh, yeah. I won. <laughs> like I, I I am the Death Star. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah, I love that story. Um, I liked that one, and then uh-huh. I, th- I can't remember which one. I think it was maybe, I think there was a Tales of Tatooine or... There's one where the, someone writes about the very first stormtrooper um, that you that says, uh, "Look, sir, droids." Yeah, and his his name's Davin Felth. That one always stuck with me. Okay, um, but those <laughs> books, uh, Trusa Bakura is great. Um, I haven't read it in a while, so mm-hmm. maybe it doesn't. Stuff, but <laughs> and uh, and obviously Zahn's original Thrawn trilogy. Right, that just changed the game for me as far as Star Wars is. Okay, that was one of the ones that made me want to write star wars stories yeah yeah made me want to build inside that yeah universe right um just the idea that i could i mean obviously i was not necessarily putting pen to paper and mm-hmm. writing stories at that point already where i was making stories up and, and you know playing with my action figures and mm-hmm. i would also pretend like i was and like i would run around my house with gun my, the the star wars guns that i had yeah, and pew pew pretend yeah. Yeah, and mostly it was it was Luke Skywalker fighting like seventy uh, stormtroopers, which I just thought was apparently the baddest ass thing ever. So <laughs> we got to see a little bit of that in our, our, our this episode coming up. Uh, we're going to talk yeah. about uh, stormtroopers just getting uh, beaten down. Um, all right, man. Uh, yeah, um, the uh, the extended universe has that allure where you get the you you get to read stuff that you didn't get to see. Yeah. Um, so much in the um, which we are kind of getting that in the Mandalorian. I keep seeing stuff I haven't seen before, which I which I'm I get you get to kind of indulge in the nostalgia. But I also want to see right. stuff I don't I hadn't seen before, which uh, yeah. kind of lends itself to our discussion about The Last Jedi. Um, so. All right, man. Um, we don't have to uh, in the intro. I'm, I'm pacing in front of this here uh, I, I did do a spoiler alert but just to reiterate yeah we're gonna be getting into in yeah. detail about this new episode of the mandalorian um so uh let's kind of like place ourselves in the saga uh chronolo- uh time wise um so this is five years after return of the jedi um our main character a bounty hunter who's taken on a quest to return the child in quotes safely to its people the mystical jedi so um Austin, uh, just overall, okay, actually, let's see here. Yeah, your general feelings on the series as a whole and, yeah. any, and any criticism on the first season in particular. Um, series as a whole, mm-hmm. absolutely love it. Nice. One of my favorite Star Wars things that they've done. Mm-hmm. Um, probably my favorite since uh, The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And before that, it would have been... Rogue One, which right. I still love. I, I love that movie. Same here, yeah. Um, but I, I think the series is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I really... 
the D- Disney buying Star Wars as uh, as a conflicting. I'm very conflicted about it because the idea of Disney owning Star Wars, I don't know, it seems sort of gross to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney being the this massive, you know, conglomerate that's that's gobbling up all of these. Yeah, and getting st- bigger and bigger. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, potentially, I'm I'm screwing myself. Like, I would love to write some Star Wars stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, mm-hmm. I just. I can't see that being a possibility for me uh, with the stuff that I write currently. And, but I also love it to a point where I don't even know if I could, but uh, anyway, that's uh, season one criticisms. Um, not a ton, honestly. I mean, there are, I think there are a, a couple episodes that are sort of lackluster mm-hmm. and despite having, only eight episodes. There's a couple that feel sort of like filler, Mm -hmm. um, which should not be the case. If you have eight episodes, every single episode should significantly, uh, put some money in the plot bank, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Um, so there, there's a couple episodes of the, of the first season that I, that I thought were just okay. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I heard David say he thinks the Jedi is probably the best or his favorite episode of the entire series or the best. I can't remember how he phrased it for me. That's probably the finale of the first season. Mm. Um, like I liked the Jedi. I liked that episode quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it just did not have anywhere near the emotional mm-hmm. spectrum of, uh, that last episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, and that which, was, oh, that was Taika with TT. I think that did that last yes. episode too. Yeah. Right. And I, I just think it, it is it's magnificent on every level. You know, the, the directing, the acting, the writing, all of it. it it's fantastic. Um, which David mentioned he doesn't like the Razor Crest, which is funny. Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> as soon as he said that. Yeah. Well, one, I do like the Razor Crest. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If anyone saw on Twitter, that was the thing I was kind of joking about David being wrong about. <laughs> I like the Razor Crest. But and this is going to sound like bullshit and it's going to sound self-serving. <laughs> But my plan, I, I had already planned oh. to come on here and tell that I I was expecting the Mandalorian to get a new ship. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Which is going to sound yeah. like I'm lying. But right. based on the story that they had been telling, yeah. well, one, I felt like the Razor Crest was indicative of who the Mandalorian was at the beginning of the show. Uh, nice, yeah. Workmanlike. Yeah. Cobbled together. Uh, you know, he had that armor at the beginning of the show that, that wasn't made out of Beskar. Now he's... And the Razor Crest was more of a, like, it's this, like, grindy kind of, like, just get the job done. Yeah. And now he's this sleek, like, totally decked out killing machine. Yeah. And the Razor Crest, we have, we had even seen it become even more degraded where it's, like, barely flying that he and Grogu and the frog lady have to be in the <laughs> cockpit as they're flying through space. Like right. they had to basically just duct tape the thing together. Yeah. So I was sort of expecting that he was going to have to get a new ship. Yeah. Which saying that now, yeah, obviously right, right, right. sound like I'm just being like, see, I told you, which I didn't get to say it before <laughs> the ship got blown up. Right. But all that to say, yes, I love, I love the series. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I don't know if I'm crazy. I've brought this up a couple times, but that ra- the Razor Crest looks like a model of ship from that you would have seen in Attack of the Clones or or 
Revenge of, yeah. the, uh, of the Revenge of the Sith, like somewhere in the Clone Wars era. It looks like one of those ships that the it Republic does sort of look like would have. Yeah, like troop carriers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So those troop carriers that they use in the Clone Wars, right? Which I I've I have just recently finished the first season of the Clone Wars animated series. Right. So those are fresher in my mind, and you're yeah. right. It looks it looks like those troop carriers, like a refurbished, like a like a one that he bought somewhere, and then yeah, yeah. I can't. Every time I see it, I it always reminds me of, of Serenity. Okay. Of yeah. Fire, yeah. 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 That that like silhouette of the the back. Yeah. Of it all. Which which Serenity I have fond because of that you know um, I love that series uh, yeah. and I'm fond of it but <laughs> Serenity and the ships in that show kind of are in that same um, for me like none of those ships look as sleek or like star Wars ships. A lot of them look fucking cool. Oh yeah. (laughs) Where like, like star Trek or serenity or some of these other TV sci-fi shows, you kind of have to, after watching the show for years, then kind of grow to love. Right. Um, the, the, the style, like, um, the enterprise D is my favorite, um, enterprise, but, like uh, coming to it brand new, I'd be like, oh, that's kind of a, a strange design. And the same for the uh, Serenity on Firefly, or yeah, because it's a Firefly. Firefly is the the model of the ship, right? The model, and yeah. And the name of it, Serenity. Um, when I see it now, I think it made a cameo in um, Ready Player One or something like that. Yeah, it did. Like, like that, or the Enterprise D in the beginning of uh, the Picard show, like. I just like the nostalgia. Just it's a dopamine right. rush. Um, oh yeah! But it, I remember at first when I was introduced to those ships, I was like, "That's kind of clunky looking for right. something going through space." Star Wars has more um, hits than uh, misses when it comes to design. Like like the Slave One, we got to see the. When I saw the Slave One oh, in this boy. in this episode, I was like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, it's awesome. Well, uh, even in Phantom Menace. Yeah. Queen Amidala's ship shows up. I love that that, design. That thing is righteous. I I love it. Like, we were talking earlier about the redeemable stuff in in some of those earlier, uh, or I'm sorry, in the prequel movies. Yeah, just something simple like that. Like, it's really awesome. Well, even the sound that Amidala's gun makes, like that, there's a lot of sound design in those first, uh, in the prequels that that is really good. Yeah. And, I love the 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 Jedi fighters. They have a ring that that's what allows them to jump to hyperspace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This ring yes, that they like right. lock their ships into. Such a cool design because yeah. ships are too small to have their own hyperlight engine. So yeah. they need something that can let them jump into into uh, light speed. So that's what the ring does. Really cool. Yeah, cool, simple uh, design that just adds to it. Um, yeah. Uh, so but, seeing the Razor Crest decimated yeah 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 which i feel like mando it, you know din jaren or whatever you want mm-hmm. to call him he's sort of a mishmash of han solo boba fett basically those two characters yeah. and i think that's one of the reasons why the razor crest was was what it was which was uh a, a workman's ship right you know like uh, the millennium dude, Falcon, yeah yeah and you know, people saying like, "Oh, look at that hunk of junk." 
Right. Which to me never made sense because I thought the Millennium Falcon always looked badass. It always looked sweet, yeah. Uh, yeah. What a what a again, what a sweet design that just worked right off the bat. Like oh, yeah. as soon as you Amazing. see it, you're like, I love the offset kind of it's a circle, but yeah, it's it's wonderful. It's cool. The uh the um I don't know, the, the for lack of better the tail light, not the tail light, just the engine. Oh I, yeah. The, it's just, just a long strip on the back. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's wonderful. Really cool. Yeah. Um so uh, let's see. Let's get into the episode here. Our protagonists find themselves on an ancient Jedi site. Uh, a little bit underwhelming. It was just kind of a little kind of a Jedi yeah. Stonehenge. Um, so yeah. When uh, when you go on in Rogue One, when you go to Jock Jock, not was it Jakku? Jakku. Is it Jakku? Oh, 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 uh, Jakku's in. Uh, yeah, Jakku's a uh, rise or. Um, Force Awakens. Okay, what You're what probably, am I thinking of? I'm thinking. Um, uh, that's where they go to get the Kyber crystals. It's Jeddah. Jeddah. Yes, there it is. Yeah, you saw more statues falling over yeah. of old Jedi and stuff. That seemed more. I mean, this is a TV show, so you kind of have to uh, give yeah. them a little leeway. But even though um, this show, having said that, this show does do some incredible stuff with the CGI and the um it does the design of it so it is it's gonna go ahead well for me almost every every other episode has looked really great there's only been a few where i was like i see the budget mm-hmm. in in this episode but this episode specifically is the one where i was like oh man this yeah here and lot, there a, a lot of the action see, uh, comes off as as really goofy yeah with the stormtroopers in this episode, unfortunately, yeah, and I I agree, very underwhelming as far as the Jedi temple ancient planet thing goes, right? But it, like it's it's not a bad episode, I don't think by any means. No. Um, I think the weaker stuff is all of the gunfights, yeah, uh, between Boba Fett and Fennec and. Mando, while while Grogu is uh, is up there on his little pedestal, a lot of that action, which I didn't know until the end of the episode, uh, is, is directed by Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, right. Um, and for me, the more he directs things, the more I'm like, it seems sort of like uh, a fluke when you do something that I like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because I watched Alita Battle Angel, uh, which yeah. I really liked. Oh, yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. Um, other than that, hasn't done a lot uh, recently. Recently, I, yeah. So. And a lot of the action feels really clunky. Mm-hmm. And I also saw a, an interview um, before the show tonight where he was talking about how uh, he was happy that he could help out John Favreau and fill in last minute. Um, so something happened with whoever was going to direct it. Huh. And Rodriguez filled in. So, and I think that maybe makes a little bit more sense for the, the choreography feeling clunky and it, it does come across as like Andrea, my girlfriend said this and she, I agree with her a hundred percent. Um, it comes across as like an episode of Xena, Warrior Princess. It yeah. feels sort of like 1997-y. Yeah, 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 yeah. In its action and, and its effects. Yeah, um, not, not not as uh, much 
there's a there's a lack of finesse here and there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But not bad. No. Um, you know, just not as high level as a lot of the other episodes are. Yeah. Uh, um, please go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, please go ahead. Oh, I, I was going to say Boba Fett showing up, though. As soon as I saw the Slave 1, I was like, oh, shit. And yeah. then the, the first person who walked out, I was like, oh, that's not Boba Fett. But to me, he's been alive. Like, I, yeah. that's just a fact of Star Wars for so long that mm-hmm. it kind of wasn't that shocking to see him for me. Just because I had read that short story where he escaped the Sarlacc and mm-hmm. Dengar finds him and, like, nurses him back to health. That was just a... A fact of Star Wars, mm-hmm. so it wasn't too big of a shock to, for me to see. Yeah, him. I did like that he spent the majority of the episode outside of his armor, and I I kind of wanted him not to put the armor on. Yeah, to to maybe have like grown past needing it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but ultimately, I I feel like I think the world has maybe moved past Boba Fett because the Mandalorian exists now. Yeah, yeah, and I. He has filled that gap yeah. for everyone being like, oh, look at this. He's so cool. Right. And it literally, for Boba Fett, was based off of yeah. a scene. Yes. Or like two scenes, barely two scenes. Empire, yeah. Where he does almost nothing. And then, like, and then gets dispatched almost right away. And, and uh, then gets killed like accidentally. In the beginning like, of the yeah the next movie. Yeah, Han. Han accidentally kills him in Return of the Jedi. So right. Boba Fett. Boba right, Fett. Yeah. Right. By all accounts, he was yeah. anything but cool because yeah. we saw him walk and talk. He had neat armor and a neat ship. Yeah. And then Han bumps into him and kills him. Yeah. But now the Mandalorian, he's there. So yeah. he's the I feel like he's that that he's thing filled. that Boba Fett was for well, so many people. Um because uh Years not too long ago, when these TV shows were just like um, being discussed, there was supposed to be a, or even the movies. I think there was supposed to be like there was supposed to yeah. be an, uh, an Obi Wan movie and a Boba Fett movie. Yep, and uh, a Hammerhead movie. Oh, actually, what was that character when you were talking? <laughs> when you were talking about action figures uh, at the beginning of our recording, you were naming off action figures. What was the, what was the Hammerhead looking character in the in the cantina? In the f- so, its race is an Ithorian. Okay, I can't remember the name of okay. the, the character. Did you, you have David, that? Oh yeah, I had that. <laughs> I had I had Ponda Baba, which yeah. when he first came out was called Walrus Man, mm-hmm. and that's the guy who's like who gets his arm cut off because Doctor Evazon, the guy with the messed up nose, is like my friend doesn't like you. Yeah, Ponda Baba is the dude with the like weird sort of rubber tusk things on the bottom of his face, right? But I had all of that, yeah, from from Moss Eisley and right. I yeah, there was going to be an Obi Wan show. There was going to be a Boba Fett show. Right. Um, uh, they were going I down can, the line, like they, they were going and, like Yoda and. Oh yeah, and well, in movies, I mean movies, yeah. So right. I can't. Remember, I think it was Solo. I think Solo came out. That's right. And then Kathleen Kennedy was like, "You know what? Wait a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hit pause. Yeah." Maybe just kind of talk about some well, stuff. Well, I'm wondering um, if any of that stuff. I, I wonder how far they got with the Boba Fett stuff. That they they just use maybe if they use some of that for this for the Mandalorian. Um, maybe yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the whole Boba Fett thing. Thinking about Timura Morrison, um, he 
was uh, he didn't show he wasn't part of Star Wars like production uh, till he was Django, right? Um, in um, Attack of the Clones, which uh, I enjoyed that stuff for <laughs> Attack of the Clones is derided also for not being that great. I remember liking Attack of the Clones at the time when it came out, and yeah. then oh, the more I watched it, I'm like, oh boy. <laughs> Like I'm forgiving so much stuff in this movie. To there, there's just that scene when they go to it's the Django Boba f- scene with uh, Obi Wan on the um, that planet that um, with the Camino. Yes, Camino. I love that shit. The the stuff. Well, Camino, that planet's awesome. Yeah. When Obi Wan's being chased to Camino. Yes, I love that sequence. Yeah. There's a bomb that goes off in it out and. Yes, the like delayed sound yes. of that bomb, so cool. One in the of, theater, that is one of, yeah, oh yeah, sound amazing. Yeah. And that's one of the things like from that movie. For me, that was the that was the of the prequels, the one that I saw the most in the theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I can't watch it now. <laughs> it's rough now. Yeah. Well, I, I sort of wonder because, so after I started watching the Mandalorian, and I. Star Wars will never, ever leave me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just can't. But So I go through these like cycles where it like builds up in my system, and I'm like, oh, shit, here it comes again. Mm-hmm. I can feel it happening. So that ended up happening, and, and David talked about it a little, and, and some of it was because he and I talked, and you know, we talked about some of the extended universe books, and I did read Lost Stars by Claudia Gray, which was I was like, oh, shit, this is good. Um, so then I read Thrawn, mm-hmm. Timothy Zahn's first of the new Thrawn books. And I was like, God damn, this is really good. And it is. Mm-hmm. So after that, when the Mandalorian happened and basically once I knew season two was going to have Ahsoka Tano in it, I was like, I should probably start watching rebels and I should look, I should look at Alliance and, and see what I think. Mm-hmm. And I was like, do I even want to fuck with Clone Wars? And I was like, no, I don't. I can't do it. <laughs> but then one day I was like, why don't I just stop being a baby? I should just try and watch it. Mm-hmm. And I got really into it. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. And like that doesn't, they, they fail in that every season has fucking like 20 some episodes, like 22 episodes. Yeah. yeah. I think maybe the last season doesn't, but so you have a lot of episodes that are filler, mm-hmm. but this was the thing that shocked me the most. Um, Anakin is more interesting in the cartoon than he is in any of the prequel films. Okay. Um, the clones actually, they, f- they figure out a way to have the clones possess personality, mm-hmm. even though they're all voiced by the same guy. They right. all look like the exact same person. They figure that out. Obi-Wan and Anakin's relationship is interesting. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan and Ahsoka's relationship is interesting. It's it's a lot better than than I thought it was going to be. And potentially that played into it. We always talk about expectations and setting yourself up for what you're gonna find. But right. I, I was I was into it, man. I watched the first season and I'm gonna finish the finish the series and then eventually watch Rebels and Yeah. Is it called Alliance? I, I can't remember. I, I'm not sure. Uh, the the Rebels, though, I've been hearing um, lately that it's really good. And especially, uh, like, I've heard it from parents with their children watching it. But then they're like, 
it's also good. It, it's really good as an adult to watch it. Right. You still enjoy it. Um, considering yeah. even though it's a more of a kid show than, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, the, the whole star like pit thing with, um, at the re uh, return of the Jedi, like I, I keep fantasizing. Okay. So they've got, you know, um, Disney or just movies in general are going with that technology, uh, going through this thing where it's like, oh, we're going to de-age this person and check this out. And we're right. going to... And, and even even old people make up in movies like uh, Sharon Carter or Peggy Carter in... Um, I, I was thinking about that earlier today, weirdly. Yeah, it's amazing. It looks fucking oh, real. Yeah. Or, Cap, or Steve, Steve at the end of Steve, Endgame. Yeah. That looks fucking legit. Like, oh, yeah, he looks old. So um, um, I, I, I've been fantasizing with this whole thing. Like, the next thing movies to try to impress us with... Uh, Special effects wise is re like taking a piece of one of these old movies and then extending it. Kind of, I guess they kind of did it with Rogue One, but that was kind of a. It, it was like, well, yeah, please. I think the thing that is almost already happening, and and how you're describing mm -hmm. it, it happens in Ready Player One, where yeah. they take yeah they take those scenes from The Shining, the Shining yes, yeah, and it is like. <laughs> it's the movie. Yes, yeah, yeah. And it looks amazing. Right. And that even happens in the in the book where you know like you can play your play at one of the characters in the movie. Yeah. Um and then there's another uh I read the Do you know who Jack McDevitt is? He writes sci-fi. I, sure. I love his stuff. Okay. So Jack McDevitt writes all these like super super like high-level sci-fi books. Mm -hmm. Um not like you have to be a genius, but it's like hard sci-fi. Hard sci-fi, yeah. Um, and in that it's something similar where it's like everyone can watch a movie, but then everyone can play a part in the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if we were going to be watching return of the Jedi, it's like, okay, I'm going to be Luke and mm -hmm. you, you'll be Han. And then we would, we would like watch the movie, but from be that the perspective, yeah. At the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's, I, I'm interested to see if they can do that, <laughs> but I'm also really scared. Yeah. 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 Because with what, Lucas did yeah. when he re-released the movies. Some of that stuff, like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, put a sky in the background. Yeah. I don't care. Mm -hmm. But adding a new dance number to yeah. Java's Palace, yeah. like that stuff Some is where it's it, a little yeah, necessary. Step, step over the line. I uh I would love to see uh just some like in an episode of Mandalorian or in one of the movies where they just open up to a scene from um. Uh. Re look, yeah. The whole star, like uh, the J J uh, Jabba's barge there, where yeah. Uh, you know Boba Fett, Boba Fett, and he knocks him into the star like pit, and then you just see him go in. You see the camera follow him into the star like pit. Yeah. Uh, and then just go from there, and then, like time lapse it. So then that like, would that would be awesome. Yeah. Uh. The the other one that I'm proud of, <laughs> which I the more. The more I bring it up, the more I'm like, this will probably never happen. Is uh, the middle of uh, or is it towards the end? It's it's middle or it's probably the end of the second act of um, Return. Um, no, I'm all over the place here. The end of the second act in Empire Strikes Back when he Vader reveals to Luke that he's his father, and then um, yeah. the lightsaber gets. Uh, the, his hand gets cut off and the lightsaber goes down into the chasm there. Yeah. Falls. Follow, like, so open to that scene, I am your father, and and, the, and then you follow the lightsaber 
fall and hopefully the hand lets it go. <laughs> right. I don't really want to follow the hand so much, but the lightsaber and then time lapse it and show all kinds of stuff that happens to the lightsaber and then have it lead right up to the beginning or not the beginning that scene in Force Awakens where Rey finds the lightsaber in yeah. Maz Katana's bar. Like I would love cuz then you can like play around with that 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 time period of between it Luke losing it and then Rey finding it and you can just somebody when I brought this up to somebody they were like, "Yeah, what if it was like anyone who came across it like something bad happened to him or something up until yeah. Rey finds it." There's a lot of awesome stuff because the the universes is big mm -hmm. and there's as many stories being right. told as they can now. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of cool possibilities. And having Ahsoka Tano show up mm -hmm. and having Boba Fett come back. Right. This is the first time where we've had something that can advance the story, the, the canonical Star Wars story. Yeah. Then the fifth waiting on three years yeah. you know four years yeah. for the canal the story to be you know nudged forward right and it, and one of my fears with some of that stuff and this happens a lot in star wars mm -hmm. and other huge connected universes like marvel and dc is they they cannot let the characters be separate from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Timothy Zahn fails at this in the second of his first trilogy, mm -hmm. the Thrawn trilogy. So, or not first, cause that's heir to the empire. So Thrawn is the first one. And then Thrawn alliances is the second one of okay. the new, the newer trilogy. And in Thrawn alliances, Thrawn is hanging out with Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And then, in a, a, a timeline that's taking place later, like after however many years has passed by, Thrawn's hanging out with Vader. Yeah. So they just, they cannot let the characters be something separate from all of those main people. In such a big universe, yeah. Right, and it becomes ridiculous. Yeah. Um, depending on how it's done, obviously, but like Thrawn didn't need to be hanging out with Anakin Skywalker that it was okay. Like the books, I didn't mind the book. It, mm -hmm. I liked it enough to finish reading it, but uh, between Thrawn and Thrawn alliances, Thrawn, the first one, much better. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I mean, the mention of Thrawn and the Jedi episode. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm uh, super excited. Yeah. Uh, well, I forget that. Uh, yeah. Uh, David had brought up, um, Mads Mikkelsen would be a good, um, yeah, I wonder if they're going to stunt cast it if, when they do. Yeah, I don't know. I would like to see someone like Mark Strong. Yeah. Um, I don't know if big because they'll have to be. I don't know how Chiss. That's the yeah. name of his um, race. Yeah. I don't. I don't know how they age exactly. Right. Um, because the first two, like Thrawn and Thrawn alliances, take place in between. The Rebels TV show and the Clone Wars animated series. Okay. And then the Mandalorians, obviously, five years after Return of the Jedi. So Thrawn being mentioned means 
potentially that he's going to be an older person, mm-hmm. depending okay. on how Chiss age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if Ahsoka is 14 at the time, so yeah. Thrawn, Thrawn's maybe in his 50s or 60s, unless it's a Yoda-type situation where they're like, he's 420 years old. <laughs> right. But in this episode specifically, so, like I, I knew Grogu's, you know, going away. I, I, I figured that the second the Slave One showed up, I was like, okay, Grogu's going somewhere. Uh, yeah. It's either going to be with Boba Fett or somebody else. Yeah. And I, I don't think we'll see Thrawn. If we see him in this season, I think it's going to be the end yeah. of this season. Yeah. Very similar to Moff Gideon, uh, that appearance. But yeah, the first season, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if they. Yeah, slow. Um, I, I it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't even show him at all. Like in, in this, like yeah. it, it, it uh, that that last episode was great. I'm also getting a vibe that they're just. I mean, they. It seems pretty obvious that they're setting up for a, a separate, like a spinoff at some point. Um, it wouldn't with, shock. Me. Yeah, with uh, um, with Ahsoka Tano, which um, they they. I hope they wait a little bit before spinning anything off of this spinoff, this Star Wars spinoff. Yeah, um, I would hope that they take their time mm-hmm. and pay attention to the reasons why this show has been successful. Yes. And for me, a lot of that is because it gave us alternate emotions and alternate genre, like not complete alternate genres, obviously, but like alternate genre looks mm-hmm. and the the sensation that you get from some of the episodes feeling very different than Star Wars has a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. So, but then also pacing. Yeah, yeah. And being able to tell episode or stories episodically that are short. Yeah. Um, you're like, they're building Mando's character and they're building Grogu Mm -hmm. over the course of these small episodes. Yeah. And I feel like if they were just like, well, now we have to have an Ahsoka Tano show. Like there's already so much Ahsoka Tano content out there. Like that entire Clone Wars series exists. And I would hope that they don't just say like, okay, we need a show with lightsabers all the time now. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, just overdo it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They should slowly roll it out. Um, so uh, back back to the episode here. Um, one, one critique that I because and I've been doing um, all these episodes for The Mandalorian, so people know my feelings. I, I love the show, uh, but um, I wanted to try to. <laughs> Kind of find some critiques. Uh, This episode, um, which I liked, I felt from beginning to end was very exposition-y. Yeah. Um, uh, So, and then thinking about that after, just kind of stewing, not stewing over it, but just kind of digesting the episode, I thought they're setting up, oh, there's somebody on on, on Twitter, uh, I think Nate, Nate P- Pecos, Pecos from Blambot. Um, yeah. Uh, he mentioned something about this episode was very much Ocean's Eleven because they're towards the end. The, the Mandalorian just recruited Boba Fett and uh, Fennec, and then also he went looking for uh, Bill Burr's character. Uh, so it, it does seem like they're setting up, and, and especially with all the exposition, uh, 
it does yeah. seem like they are kind of focusing the show, like not the show, but the season to a specific direction. So uh, I did feel it was much more expositiony than the last episode, where the last episode was more action, um, yeah, more straightforward. Yeah, this is setting up the culmination of the se- of the season mm-hmm. because they're not going to get Grogu back in the next episode. They're not even going to get the attempt together mm-hmm. until the end of the season. Yeah. So in order for us to get there, we had to have something like this, which is another reason why I think maybe some of the action in this episode feels a little off mm-hmm. is because, you know, it's sort of pointless. Like Mandalorian's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Fennec's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. They're not going to kill Boba Fett. They literally just brought him back to life. Although <laughs> right. that would have been, nuts. that would have been crazy. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> just a, bl- a blaster to the head or something. Yeah. Or he falls uh, into another pit or something. Another pit, yeah. <laughs> Finnick turns around, knocks him into a... a Accidentally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think that's 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 accurate. And I mean, um, the episode's not bad because of it, but it's definitely a, a um, setup episode. Yeah. Like, you have to get from A to B and... Mm-hmm or A to D and that means you have to have a C and it's yeah. not always going to be as exciting. So mm-hmm. I think they did what they could with that mm-hmm. setup yeah. to get to, the, to the final thing. But yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, um, so, uh, we'll wind down here. Um, uh, and I wanted to ask you, um, a favorite moment of this episode. My, mine in particular was, uh, at the very beginning, when it was, is is right away with the exposition uh, between Mando, uh, Mando, uh, Din, right? Din, Darren, Din, Jaren, Jaren. Okay, uh, him and um, and Grogu on the ship, and he's calling his name. He keeps saying Grogu, and then getting the reaction from Grogu. Yeah, and it cracked him up. And I was like, yep. oh, that's so. You know, he's he's been built up as this just cool stoic character. And it's nice to see him kind of lighten up a little bit. And, and yeah. he actually laughs uh, behind the helmet uh, a couple times there when he's calling out. So that, for me, was just... A, 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 aside from a lot of the the ship porn in this in this episode... <laughs> There's a lot, yeah. Uh, uh, the Slave One and everything else. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I do like the little bit of levity and a little character moment between... Um, the, the Mandalorian and uh, Grogu. But uh, did you have a favorite moment in this episode? Um, for me, it was actually a really small thing. Mm-hmm. Seeing Grogu meditating with his little fingers yeah. together, yeah. Um, I thought was great. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that was probably my favorite part of the episode, honestly. <laughs> I liked seeing Moff Gideon's Dark Troopers. That was cool. Yeah. Um, and I'm sort of wondering, you know, which Jedi we're gonna we're gonna end up seeing. Yeah, because uh, there's a few that are that are still kicking around, right? Uh, in between Jedi and the Force Awakens, that right. it could be that he contacted. So, oh I, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I saw an article that was talking about how that blue butterfly that shows up. That, oh like, blue wow! Damn. But it uh, connected it to. Ben Solo. Oh, wow. There's a, apparently it's like a Star Wars kids story. I'm not sure uh, where it was published originally or not, but there's some story about Ben Solo being 
like enamored with these blue huh. butterflies okay. and that this was either a an homage to that or it was connecting him to Ben Solo wow. in some way. Wow. Because I don't know, I'm not sure when exactly Ben was born yeah. after Return of the Jedi, but I mean potentially five years would be enough depending. Yeah. But I'm curious what's gonna happen there. I wouldn't be shocked if Kanan Jarrus from Rebels shows up. Oh, right. Um because just more connections to to those animated series. Mm-hmm. Um or like Harrison Dulla or someone from those series. That's mm-hmm. the other thing with those Thrawn books I'm reading. There it the third one, uh Thrawn Treason. Uh Orson Krennic from Rogue One has shown up. Huh, wow. Um they talk about Hera Sindola. They talk about Kanan Jarrus. They talk about Eli Vanto. There's a, there's a lot of connections to okay. those animated shows. And the second one, Thrawn Alliances, mentions um, Kanan Jarrus and Ezra huh. uh, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, talking about Thrawn failing some sort of battle, which I haven't seen any of that stuff. So I don't know mm-hmm. what happens at the end of Rebels. I don't know any of that stuff about what happens with Thrawn in that show. So oh. I'm excited to get there to, cool. to find out. Yeah. Um, All right, man. So um, it's funny, uh, your the whole Thrawn um, discussion here, because my multiple choice trivia question is Mm. has to do with Thrawn. Um, So uh, the question is multiple choice. I'll I'll, uh, name off the um, the different choices. So what in your You'll know this right away. Uh, what is Admiral Thrawn's flagship? Is it A, the Judicator, B, the Chimera, C, the Glory, D, the Executor? Executor is the Executor. Uh, that that one's obviously not the answer because is it the Executor? That, that's Vader's. What's that? The Executor is Darth Vader's. Ship. That's right. The the uh, Superstar Destroyer. Which yeah, I love that design. But. Um, oh, yeah. Go ahead and give me the the correct answer there, Austin. It's it's Chimera. Yeah, <laughs> um, it'll. Be, I wonder if they've shown any kind of artwork or concept art for the Chimera ever in any of the. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. That's the that's what I'm interested. Oh, to, with the rebels, yeah. To see rebels, yeah, yeah. because he's there. His um, his like sort of lackey bodyguard assassin guy whose name is Rook. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it's pronounced. R-U-K-H. Okay. Is, uh, is there. Um, and the Chimera is, you know, plays a big part in all those, those books too, obviously. Um, and the, the newest Thrawn book, uh, which is called Ascendancy. Um, I think it's called Chaos Rising. Ascendancy. Chaos Rising. It's a long mm-hmm. name. Um, it has the the chimera's design on the front of it. Okay. Cuz the chimera has these like two it's obviously like two heads of a of a dragon like oh. swooping along the top of it. It's really cool looking. Nice. Um but yeah, I'm I'm super pumped to watch Rebels and obviously if Thrawn shows up at the end of this season, I will barf in <laughs> just pure elation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, man. Well, that kind of leads me to the the, the last thing I, I wanted to um, ask you uh, for this episode is, uh, or for the whole Mandalorian thing here is, um, 
uh, expectations for next week's episode, which you've kind of already alluded to, but uh, uh, and then general thoughts moving forward in the season. So we just brought up General Th- uh, Admiral General Admiral Thrawn might might be a possibility. You brought up uh, Jedi's that might be uh, might be showing up, but um, yeah, just general thoughts moving forward with the season. Yeah, I think next episode we're going to see that team coming together. I think right. they're going to be breaking. Bill Burr's character out of prison yeah. um, in the next episode. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the, the the central thrust of that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then season finale is going to be the the actual deal going down where they're trying to go get Grogu back. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if they succeed and they successfully destroy the dark troopers or they incapacitate them in some sort of way uh, where Moff Gideon has failed. Mm -hmm. And that's when Mm -hmm. Ah. we see Ah, see Thrawn. Okay, okay. Because he's the shit, and he's the dude who's like, let me show you guys how it's done. Yeah. So wouldn't shock me if that's how that ends up happening. Um I don't know about Jedi in this in this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if we see more ah- Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I, I don't know. And th- there's a lot that I don't know from the from the animated series yet because mm-hmm. things happen with Thrawn and Eli Vanto, which is this other um, Empire character who's like Thrawn sort of took under his wing. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff I don't know about that. I don't know exactly what happens with Kanan Jarrus and, and those characters. And I don't even know why Ahsoka has white lightsabers. Because yeah. that's very noteworthy as far as yeah, where yeah, she yeah. falls on the spectrum of Jedi. Because blue or green, right? good, red, bad, yeah. what does white mean? Yeah, yeah. And my understanding is that, and for her to be able to escape order 66 um yeah there's another story yeah right and for her to be able to survive and and go somewhere and even how she talks about the jedi the jedi Mm -hmm. are dead Mm -hmm. the jedi they don't exist anymore Mm -hmm. and she still has lightsabers she still uses the force so something happens at the end of that series that i don't know yet and i'm avoiding spoilers Mm -hmm. because i'm gonna watch it yeah so i think all of that stuff is potentially going to play into the Mandalorian, and I think they will get Grogu back, but I feel like they might end season two on a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, I hope so, actually. (laughs) I do, too, and I think it'll be somewhat like Empire, where it's going to be like, if they get Grogu back, and then if Thrawn does show up, maybe Thrawn grabs Grogu again. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know that. I, I don't think it's going to be a clean. Yeah, yeah. Ending by any means. Yeah. So those are those are the things that I expect. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. Only a couple more episodes left. Yeah. All right, man. So um, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. So this has been uh, let's see, season two, episode six of The Mandalorian, chapter fourteen, the tragedy. And uh, Austin, thanks, man. Thanks so much for, for being Absolutely. on. Absolutely. It's been My a lot pleasure. of fun. Uh, so this is, uh, this is Hector for Austin saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Later.